If you are hearing my voice, then you have been led to this very podcast through a series of events that could be looked back and seen as synchronicities. But there has to be a reason why you are here. Perhaps an attraction or pull to this wisdom of the just philosophy that we share. Or maybe you just like to dabble in information and find it entertaining. But if it's not just for entertainment and you have put some of this into practice, why? Why do you do the work? It's a question that can create a journey toward more self-empowerment and refinement if we're able to be honest and dig till we hit the roots. In this episode, we not only share why we each do the work, but also share insight into some of the key benefits we can receive by the consistent practice and effort. There's a reason why it's referred to as the work. Not only does it require energy and effort, but it is all working towards something beneficial that we can reap the benefit of when it is most needed. If you gain some beneficial insight from this episode, I'm going to issue a challenge to you. Find two people. Everyone has to know two people, right? Find two people that you can introduce the podcast to and maybe go through our list of 90-something episodes and choose a specific app that you think that they might resonate with the most. Share it with them, possibly create some discussion around that episode, and help to create a community of like-minded individuals. As Alexander has mentioned in past episodes, many of us out here doing this work seem to feel some loneliness from time to time because there aren't many other people out there doing this work, or at least not talking about it. But these podcast episodes give you the opportunity to start building that community around you. And I just wanted to take a moment and send much gratitude out there for everybody who has been listening and supporting and working on yourselves. So now, let's journey. With Aaron and Alexander. Uncovering our authentic self through self awareness, conscious communication, and emotional responsibility. Welcome to the Wise Wise Podcast. I am Aaron. And I'm Alexander. Thank you for being here, everyone. And let's kick off this episode by sharing something that we are grateful for. One thing is, uh, I got my two sons coming in within the next uh, week or so, about a week and a half, and they're going to spend 10 days with me. We're going to celebrate our birthdays. Our birthdays are just uh, three days apart. So we normally end uh, the month of August together um, every year and celebrate uh, those birthdays together. We don't really celebrate much of any other holiday, but uh, we do take time to come together and make sure we're together together. So far, 24 out of 25 years, I think we've shared um, birthdays together. So that's something cool. It is hard to believe that it's been another year. I kind of 
look at the years based on when your birthday comes around yeah. for whatever reason. And because I love the summertime, and I hate to say it, but I do get a little resistant uh-huh. towards the end of the summer yeah. because I feel like everything starts dying, and yeah. it's just a reminder, I guess, that yeah. that life is in cycles. But but yeah, I do. Last year, last year was such a wonderful experience yeah. too, uh, celebrating and had um, a little surprise party and wonderful gifts of appreciation. So. Uh, not looking for this year to be quite as as busy. Uh, it's going to be a little bit more laid back, but uh, still very celebratory as we bring in the the fall here in North Carolina. And I guess I would say that I'm grateful, have much gratitude for my current health. I think everybody can resonate with that mm-hmm. if they're in good health or or better health than than some of the alternatives that could be out there, and that. I have my my three cats with me that are also healthy at this point in their lives, so I'm going to send gratitude towards them. Very cool, very cool. I've got a question today for Mr. Aaron Keith, and this is something that's been going around um, wherever I'm at here lately, and it is I want to ask the question of why do you do the work? What are you looking to get out of it? And this is a question I've been asking many people. And um, I'm seeing that when people get in strains, they seem to change. Their perspective can change pretty easily. So, uh, so yeah, share with us a little bit of why you would say that you do the work and what that means to you. So this is putting me a little on the spot because <laughs> it is a little bit. Although, like, I like to talk about myself because I don't get the opportunity too often. And usually, when people ask me about myself, I can go on and on and on. Uh, maybe even lose some of that self awareness. <laughs> but I don't. <laughs> well uh, I guess I don't know if that's an Aries trait or, or what. But um, when you ask me that question, I tend to go back to when we first met and what I was looking for at that point in my life. I. I had had a lot of disappointments in my life through through some failed relationships, and I think I was coming off my work being overwhelming, and I had to, uh, I think I actually left my, my full-time job going out on my own so I could control my own hours. Right. I was in a space where I was looking to find a different way in like almost many, many if not all aspects of my life. And I think... That search was that the current way that I was taught to seek work where you can make a lot of money and where relationships were just something that happened. Mm-hmm. And you didn't, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't say I didn't think you put any work into it, but I just thought it was a natural whether you meshed or you didn't, that was going to be the make or break on the relationship. Right, right. And so I had seen those kind of fall away and I was kind of lost. Like, where is the direction looking for that? And I don't know if I consciously put out, you know, an intention to find that, but I did through some cool synchronicities. I wound up at a sound journey with you Mm -hmm. and the sound journey itself, that meditation during the sound journey was what captured me in that state of mind, I have, I don't think I had ever felt that sort of like blanket of warmth come over me Mm, of like, you know, I think many people 
observe and experience that during meditation. Mm-hmm. I think when, when you come out of it, you're just in a whole new space. You're, you're calm. Your nervous system has calmed down. So I, I had never experienced that. And then on top of that, we got to have food and have a conversation. Mm-hmm. And you were just dropping these things that on my initial hearing them, they seemed like truth. Right. But I had never heard them before. But I think many many people out there can probably think of something that they've heard that when they initially heard it, it just resonated so hard that there was no like questioning questioning it because you just knew for whatever reason it I resonated think, yeah yeah and I, and I think I think my senses maybe picked up throughout all my life like energy but I never understood or had words to put to what I sensed my whole life and then this was putting it all into words mm-hmm. and it was like man like just grounded truth so when you so when you got to a point to because uh, a big aspect of this work or this philosophy is managing your emotions. So share a little bit about how you've worked with that and what you've seen and grown from from that uh, perspective. So before meeting you, I had a significant other who was better than me at doing this. Okay, and when we'd be in arguments. <laughs> They would say or do things that were like calm and like conscious in the moment, and I could not do that. So I, my ego would come in and and like get bigger because <laughs> I couldn't do that. And right. I knew deep down inside that 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 was right. What they were doing was right, but I could not allow myself. I could not allow that because I would have been wrong. Right. Yeah. Accept that you were wrong. And yeah. so it was kind of like that reaction of, "Oh, you think you're better than me?" You know yeah. that <laughs> that reaction. I mean, I, I probably even said that. Right. Uh, but seeing that, I think, was like the lead into this. Mm-hmm. Having that experience, knowing that in that moment, but not admitting it to myself that that there was a different way. And that my way of just exploding and letting out and saying anything I wanted to in whatever way and that person's responsible for the way I feel, I knew internally, deep down inside, my, my truth was that I was wrong. Well, but So I kind of think that this opened it up for me to resonate more with myself, my internal truth. Well said. Is there something that you're searching for to attain or a certain level to reach because we're getting closer to that. What I'm looking for of what, what someone does the work for, because normally there's a payoff. And many times what I've experienced is, is people talk about the work a lot and love feeling superior to their families or something like that because they look at things differently. But then when a major catastrophe happens in their life, many times they, the work gets set aside and so, so before I go on anymore, I uh, just kind of wanted to get your take on, on that, how, you, how you're currently looking at all that. And, and I'm going to dive into my past, so feel free to correct me to get that answer if I don't initially talk about it or get to it. I have suffered a lot throughout my 20s and 30s. And when I say suffering, I know people out there suffer far worse than I do. But your suffering. But my, my suffering. And, and most of that came from failed relationships. Okay. And it wasn't like I was hard on myself. It was just heartbreak 
l- grieving loss. And sometimes it was even me ending the relationship, but then it was like, oh, well, you know, am I going to find this person that's supposed to complete me? All that kind of nonsense. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But most of my suffering was from relationships. And I would not run from that pain. I'd always sit in it and feel it. And I don't know if I did any, what you would call processing. I just know that I would feel that pain, write poetry, you know, somehow express it through art but I would never like self-medicate or run from it mm-hmm. but as beautiful as that is to get some beautiful artwork from it it is tiring it is emotionally draining and it's not something that I really want to experience you know right, it's not yeah. I mean looking back on it I could see how it's it's been beneficial and it's built me it's added character you know but but it's not fun when you're in that moment. You don't want to feel it. So that goes back to your your um, uh, emotional management and responsibility right. question. Uh, but that, I think finding just a new way to live, redefining words and structuring my life in a way where I'm going to benefit energetically myself and a new way of looking at ways that happen to every things that happen to everybody situations that everybody goes through that and maybe my conspiracy perspective of really diving deep into things has has helped me to adopt this philosophy a lot easier Mm -hmm. because it's so easy for me to see a way that's not working and be like i'm going to jump to the opposite of that you know because i don't like that so it's so easy for me to immediately jump from the mainstream perspective of things to try out different things. So a, a part of it is being a rebel, mm-hmm. but I've kind of, I feel like it's kind of fit right in for what I was looking for and what I'm ultimately built for. Right. So now bringing that back around and all very well said, if you could simplify and if not, I've got an example that, that, uh, I'm going to give simplify all of that to what is the incentive because the work does uh, the actual meaning means that we do something that's challenging in an extreme situation and that's why managing the emotions is part of that but it's also the energetic side and the physical side and the mental side and the spiritual side as well we always uh, you know do our best to touch on all five levels through most episodes. But in there's an incentive like for athletes, normally there's a competition incentive that they want to be the best or on the championship team. I don't know if people really take the time to see why they're doing the work or what they call the work just very similar to I don't know that people really take the time to consider why they're in relationships. And we talk about that in past uh, podcasts. So in this, breaking down the most basic way that we can say why I do the work, a few different examples could be to build intimacy, to uh, build self-confidence, to connect deeper with a higher source. So there's many different reasons 
And I've got one that I want to share personally, but what would you say is the most basic way that you would break down or simplify what your incentive is? All the things that you mentioned are are great, and they are aspects of where we gain from doing the work, and I, and I love those aspects of it. But for me, you know, just thinking about this really at a deep level and, and why I was attracted to this, it really comes down to this, to me, is the truth. Like, I can't, <laughs> there's, there's nothing else that is, that I can really pinpoint to the ultimate reason why. It's kind of like how when people see science and science says, oh, well, you know, this no longer happens. We do it this way. People follow that. Right. It's like, this is how energy works. And I can prove that by watching energy and I can't fight that because that's a losing battle. And the more I try to fight the way energy naturally works in this realm, I'm going to create just contentment or, or friction, friction. Um, I'm going to be an emotional mess and I'm just going to create those same feelings of the failed relationships, disappointment, all of that. Um, and that's a tiring process. And, when you break it down simply, it's kind of like when you, when you look at all the stuff man has made and how complicated they've made life, and then you look at how animals live in the wild. Mm-hmm. That's to me, that's what it is. It's, great, great <laughs> it's like visual. Yeah, looking at nature, it's simple. It's just how it works. Nothing right. in nature is making things more complicated. Right. So when, you know, the last person that I asked this, they were in a compromised position. And they were in a good amount of frustration. And they really posed the question first and said, I don't even know why I'm doing the work. And I actually said, that's a really good place to be. Um, That's part of why why you are where you're at is to break through this door and to get clear on why you're doing the work. And she said, well, why do you do the work, Alexander? Alexander. And I said, for peace, contentment. See, I don't strive for enlightenment or, or agape or anything that's an extreme because I follow the laws of polarity here. So the contentment to be able to lay my head down to sleep every single night and there not be anything weighing on me. That's how simply I break that down. And you do that through all these different aspects, as we're talking about, of learning to manage your emotions, to be able to pick your battles and choose your battles consciously, to realize when you're operating out of your family lineage and you're in just reaction and you're joining a team or side just because you were taught to, or whether it's you've had something taken away from you and you're angry at life or angry at God or the divine, and you work through the understanding that we are always able to see things more clearly in hindsight after time passes. And many times we grow out of that loss. Therefore, there really is no loss. There's a gain. So this is kind of the meat that I wanted to get to so that we have the incentive when those hard times hit of what all the practice is, what all the the learning to change these small aspects of ourselves, 
whether they're through training or through astrological influence. The point is, is that conscious one lives in neutrality so that they always truly have a choice rather than being trained in any, any of these other ways that we've discussed. So I think it was very well put the way that you described that. And when you use the word truth and anybody that has followed us long enough or is connected and uh, is interested in the human design, you know, Aaron's incarnation cross is uh, of laws. And so what he calls truth or what he feels like is fair or just is it isn't just an egoic perception. It's part of his drive of what he is here to put out to the world and exemplify and help to spread. And that's, I think, why our connection happened so organically um, is that it was just a nice match as I had a message that I've been working on for many, many years, and Aaron had an interest to help get a message out, and he'd been looking for this type of information. So I think this was just a, a great point to bring up to help other people see what is your incentive if you're, because if you're truly, you've got something that you think you're going to gain, you're probably going to be disappointed. Um the gain comes through the peacefulness of more and more situations in life to where you're not going against that natural flow. <laughs> you are more like animals, but mature animals that are able to carry compassion and respond and communicate to each other and carry a loving vibration. And this is, you know, the directions that I feel like we're going right now. Most people are seeing us being in a very ugly state, but due to the law of polarity, however ugly it is, there has to be that much beauty available as well. So realize that many of you listeners, your power is in, in that, in your perception, and realizing that wherever the ugliness is, the beauty has to exist as well, and Seek those people out, seek those situations out, and let that that vibration see. I want it to be seen that we're almost uh, on two teams, and we're I just call them energetic teams, and they're both necessary to to exist a so called positive pole and a so called negative pole, but not right or wrong. And doing this work can be seen as to stay in a certain vibration. So that you strengthen your team, which when you strengthen that team, it strengthens your immune system. It strengthens your vitality. So, so hopefully we're taking this deep enough to a deep enough level for people to be able to relate that how connected this is to intention. That the more intention that you carry and clarity of why you're doing something probably and likely, due to the laws of physics, the more successful you will be at it. So when we're clear of why we're doing certain stuff, it helps us to stay in focus. It helps us stay on course. So many people, when you get distraught because an emergency happens or you get something taken away from you, that is the time to do the work. Everything that you've been reading and studying 
And it's not about choosing right over wrong. It's about maintaining your vibration. Because if you want to continue helping those around you, it's about maintaining your vibration. Now, you maintain that vibration through emotional processing. So, see, I'm not suggesting to not be an emotional. I'm saying the opposite. Be more intimate with your emotions. Let them flow more freely so that you can work through them. But don't judge them. So now bringing this back around to you, how would you expand on what you've shared so far with kind of what what I've added um, there? Because I know that you're familiar with most everything that I'm discussing. I think many people out there experience something similar to what I've felt where, I mean, I guess if they're listening to this and they've come across this work, and there's some sort of attraction to it. And maybe it is similar to what I felt where some of the things that you talk about really ring true in some areas of their lives or some things that they've perceived. And maybe they just haven't thought about it on the same level that I dive deep into it. And maybe they're kind of like on that fence where to fully believe what this talks about they would have to let go of some of their old belief systems and well said yeah that can be scary for some people because all the things they've been taught their entire life they see uh in on tv they converse with with their friends a lot of that would have to be let go of Mm -hmm. and a lot of grieving would have to be done because of that but that little inner truth, if they feel that, that's not going away. And I feel like if somebody feels that they're doing themselves a disservice by avoiding it, by not letting it in, by not listening to it a little bit, you know, just have that conversation with it. Why are you there? You know, what is this about? Because I feel like that might be their voice of how to live a more authentic life. Maybe they're meant to listen to that, but they're they don't they're afraid if fear sure. comes in yes. of what that could bring out conditioning and, and the other side of that too is you know i want to give a shout out to all the people that feel loneliness um i talk with a lot of my clients that say that they want to wake up and they want to gain consciousness and many times i will suggest that it can be a lonely path um although we create that loneliness in our mind it's not a real loneliness but it's disassociation from what is our norm. And that disassociation can put us through a time of questioning everything, even questioning stuff that we have defended for the past year or two. Uh, And this is just helping the individual get closer to that individual self to see that we truly, truly need to be self-fulfilling and In order to have the optimal relationship, uh, one isn't seeking for something to gain out of the other person. You're you're seeking to share something. So when two completely fulfilled people come together, see, then they're just sharing. They're not filling voids. And most relationships that I've encountered uh, are filling voids. And they mistake love for filling voids in their life. And that's why many times they can be short spurts. um, Or sometimes people will stick because they're a committed person 
and they committed themselves to a relationship to fill a void, and then they don't need that void filled anymore, but they're stuck with this person, or they feel like they are. So I thought that was just important to bring up and just mention because it is very common. I work with that with a lot of people, uh, private clients, because you feel shunned from your family, you feel judged and ridiculed, and part of the work is learning to not exacerbate those situations, learning to accept that when you're the one that is changing or rocking the boat, then you're going to be the one that, you know, is pointed out, so to say. And that is part of the path of learning to be an individual and standing your authenticity. But I mean, what is the alternative there? If you feel loneliness, which, which I felt I've but I feel like I may be built differently than some of other people who are feeling that because I have this rebel energy in me where, yes, I might feel lonely, but I'm going to believe whatever I believe. And, well, I, I put belief lately there because yeah. the way we use it here, <laughs> that, that's my past wordage right, coming right. in. But I'm going to be, I'm going to embody whatever I feel most authentically. I guess that's a better way of putting it. Thank you. And I'm not, I can't, I just can't, I can't sacrifice that for, you know, if I feel a little bit of loneliness, like having to put myself back in a situation, like whether it's surrounding myself with people where we just talk about mundane stuff and Mm -hmm. everything is in the eyes of like the norm of society and not talking about this, you know, the stuff I gel on. I, I, I I just feel so inauthentic doing that, and um, I know some people might might do that. And then either way, you're you're not being fed. If you do that, you know you're not gaining anything. Right. Yeah. And that, I mean that's a important part. And that's you know my teacher told me that sitting on the fence is the most exhausting position, and that's kind of an example of that. Um, that people that teeter and try to walk in both worlds. There's an advanced way to walk in both worlds, and then there's an intermediate way to walk. And the intermediate way is exhausting. Um, you know, in this philosophy, we've broke it down to five main questions, and we have two separate episodes. And the first episode is on the first three questions of who are you, what are you about, and what do you exemplify? And that touches on some of this authenticity because – even with who are you, that's based around your name and who you are called. And many people go by five or six or even more surnames, so to say, whether it's mom and, uh, you know, and Peggy or Peggy Sue or, you know, and many people look at it as endearing, but they also don't see how many different roles for each different name, you're actually shifting your energy to go play a different role. And then when somebody calls you another name, you shift your energy to respond to where when I honed all that down to only truly recognize Alexander and not all the nicknames or my first name that I went by for 35 years, that that helped to conserve my energy because I play the same role no matter who calls Alexander, and that's the consistency that I'm looking for in my life. So this 
path of finding your authentic self. And now we've mentioned, you know, the loneliness that that is part of. The loneliness is truly there to help you to learn to truly love yourself and to be able to be entertained and enough to be enough for yourself so that when you do engage with others, you're not seeking approval. (laughs) You're not seeking their time, their energy, their love. You're not seeking. And this is what can bring that into balance. And, you know, through the the human design and all the astrology stuff that I utilize in my private practice, you know, certain people need more alone time than others. Certain others need more connection with with the public and socializing. And so there's no judgment in any of this. But whether a person needs uh, the majority of their time to be social or not, there's still a general aspect that is similar that everyone benefits from knowing and loving themselves and not pursuing relationships out of filling voids. And this is done by learning to be around people that are self-fulfilling, self-entertaining, you know, uh, that really appreciate themselves. So any of you listeners out there, if you get around somebody that you really do feel that loves and appreciates themselves, not to an ego extreme, but carries a true confidence, then truly have as much dialogue and be around them as much as is useful. Uh, And, Absorb their energy more than possibly others. I mean, learn to expand and contract your energy depending on who you're around. And this is a little bit of an advanced technique. But when you're around those that are setting the example that you want to be carrying more of that, then work to expand your field open to absorb more of that in. And when you're around others that you are maybe a little bit more judgmental of, you see maybe your old self in more, then that's a time to bring your energy back in a little bit more to not absorb so much of that. So back to why do we do the work? You know, if it is for that peacefulness, for that contentment, for that truth, as Aaron said, you know, just getting clear in why you're doing it because when you're in the darkness, that's what can pull you out of that hole many times from my experience. And if you don't have that clarity of why, then it's real easy to slip back into victimhood and being a victim of the situation and asking, why is this happening to me? And that's the opposite of the wise, wise. And doing this work, it helps to prevent you from going into those. I mean, you still go into those dark places as you peel off your layers of the onion and you realize, wow, I'd this part of myself was really destructive and you have to kind of reteach yourself the, you know, more healthy behaviors in whatever aspect that is from. But this reprogramming of, I would say it's mostly the mental, the perspectives that we take on, how we look at the world, like you were saying, victimhood, if we can teach ourselves ways to not fall into that victimhood, then we never have to go there and we never see ourselves as as allowing something to happen to them. Therefore, it empowers us to step into that mm-hmm. and see that we still have choices, I guess. Because I think victimhood is when you don't have choices. Right. Uh, but we still have choices to make. Well said. And 
and one choice is how to see it. So uh, we can put ourselves in more empowering situations and, and feel more empowering. And I, and I wanted to just say um, empowering to me is like choosing yourself, choosing your authenticity, however you may feel that internally. And some people may see that as being selfish. Well, breaking it down as even having a choice. See, most people that are in emotional reaction, they don't have choice because they don't even have a millisecond. As soon as somebody says something that offends them, they react right away. So, of course, we teach and work with learning to respond rather than react. So maybe the first step of that is learning to take a breath before you respond in any situation. And I suggest this to lots of clients of before you pick up your phone, before somebody knocks on the door and you get off your chair, before you respond to anyone, just learn to take one breath. Because in that one breath, you may save a lot of energy wasted in getting emotionally involved in a negative situation. So, so being able to break those patterns, uh, we work with even that most basic premise because the attempt of all of this work is to break this down into a very uh, digestible and applicable in everyday life situation. And I think we have a very good example of that. And this discussion was more about being clear in your intention of why you even are putting forth any effort in this so that, yes, when it gets challenging, you can pull on that incentive. Yeah, let's go more into that. Like when you're put in extreme situations or, or traumatic situations, the benefit of doing this work, and if you have enough uh, experience and practice doing it, is that you could and can stay conscious during those moments and make some very conscious decisions versus reacting out of fear or whatever sort of emotion that you're putting to in the traumatic experience? Well, the way that I'm going to respond to to that is through a story of someone reaching out to me in an emergency call. It was actually when I was taking some time off and I got an emergency call from a lady that had just found out her father is passing like within days and he was very vital and healthy and she was really struggling with feeling like she was giving up hope to accept that he was dying and she was in basically hell uh, in that situation and she was just asking you know for my help any any way that I, I could and and so being able to change the perception, because many times the hell or the friction that people are in is because they don't know what to do. And so they're looking at too many options simultaneously. It's overwhelming. And this is why intention is so empowering, is because in that moment, all that I said to her is, do you believe that if you accept, it means that you give up hope? Because acceptance, once again, does not equal condoning or approving of. But what it does is it releases the friction in the energy. And I said, do you feel that your father would feel that release of friction? And she went, absolutely. Because even though he wasn't responsive, 
the energetic level is potentially the last level to go. I said, so don't you even in that state want him to feel you the way he would like to feel you? And that just because you're in acceptance, because when we hold on, I happen to feel and have proven through my own experience that it's harder for the person that's trying to pass. So see, everyone's suffering because they don't want to give up. And it's not a matter of giving up. Acceptance isn't a matter of giving up. I said, what is the hope? What's more important, the hope that he stays alive or the hope that he's at peace? The hope that everyone that involved is at peace? Or is it just that we don't want change and we can't accept change? Very, very quickly, in less than 24 hours, this gentleman passed. And I got a call from the lady, you know, being appreciative and saying that she had a whole different experience with her father passing that she would have never gotten to do over. That would have never, but she said, Alexander, I was able to be present. There was no more fear. There was no more holding on, and it felt like so easy. And then she started crying, and she said, of course, she misses him and and goes through the emotions. She needed to be clear in not in what she should do, whether it's right or wrong, but what she needed to be reminded of what her soul knows to be true, her truth. And that being present and in acceptance was going to be more rewarding than just holding on to what she perceived as hope and creating friction all the way through that and then not had that peacefulness of transition. And so that is the way that I want everyone, all these listeners to hear this is that we're looking at when the friction shows up, I have a saying, make love with the friction, you know, smile at it. Rumi says, old jealousy, there you are, my friend, come on in, let's dine together. So see, it's not running from the emotions. This is the first step in learning to process the emotions right after learning to take a breath before responding. That's going to keep you out of reaction and more potentially end responding. Pretty sure it was in our last episode we talked about this very thing. When somebody's on their deathbed, it's really the opportunity for the relationship to have a pure connection where nothing is wanted and that's when you could be in consciousness and be in that unconditional love vibe. Yes, yes. Very well said and good reminder to listen to that last episode. And, you know, you never get the same beginning over and you don't get the same ending over. We all go through multiple beginnings and multiple endings, but they're not the same. And so how we choose to, when we have the opportunity to have a choice of how somebody goes out or how we go out, you know, it's one of the, potentially the most important experiences of of a human's life that our culture hasn't really nurtured us to do that in a conscious way. And so um, I've been through a lot of it myself and uh, experienced it in many different, celebrated many different ways and resisted many different ways. So part of bringing this around, you know, full circle to why do we do the work possibly brought up peacefulness earlier for for truth, as Aaron said, and could it possibly the end-all be-all for practice for the end? 
so that when we are at the ultimate challenge, whether it's us or someone we love, that we're able to be present and fully experience that transition, both our loved ones and ourselves. And this goes into a deeper, even deeper subject of what happens after death and consciousness and that type of thing, and we can talk about that some other time. But being prepared for death and passing, not just accepting of it, but prepared for it, can be under this umbrella of consciousness and, once again, what the just philosophy supports to work toward. And I think a big part of that is not waiting until death to have those thoughts and feelings and, and experiences because I think like like we just brought up again that death transition is a good opportunity if somebody can be grounded to have that ultimate unconditional love experience that I think everybody wants in their relationships so we just so don't bad. we just don't know how you know yes and then when it comes to the end of a loved one especially if we've had friction or strife with them you know, it's very hard for people just to set all that stuff aside and be present because the emotions keeps us separate from the present moment or from vulnerability. And that's a word I'm so glad that finally came out in this episode because vulnerability is a big part of this. you got to be willing to be vulnerable to let go of aspects of you to step into new, higher aspects. And to realize that, you know, endings are necessary before beginnings can happen. And most people that feel like they do the work or think that they do the work, they're really dabbling. And as long as everything is easy or so-called positive, then uh, they feel like they're seeing it clearly. But then, like I said, as soon as an obstacle comes along, they uh, go into reaction instead of response. That's why I question why people do the work, to see if they know what they're preparing for and to be able to prepare for any situation in life not to knock you off center is very, very valuable so that you're always able to respond rather than just react because lots of money, time, and energy gets wasted in reaction when a breath could have saved a whole lot and it sounds like a breath is easy but if you don't train yourself to take that breath you're not going to be able to take that breath in an emergency so this is why practicing every day little things like before you answer the phone or pick your phone up to look at a text before you you know go answer the door before you do anything just start with that Just learn to take a breath and then do it. It's a matter of a handful of seconds is all. But that one practice can change your whole outlook on your day because you will have maybe, who knows, 10 to 50 chances a day with different interactions with people to literally, if you're talking to somebody and somebody says, hey, Carol, that rather than just saying yes right away, to take a breath and then say, yes, can I help you? See, just those few seconds changes the whole interaction. So start with that on this quest to why do you do the work? So I think as we come aboard and we start to practice, I think we do the work for those extreme situations. But 
the beautiful thing about those situations that we come across are they really expose where we are and how committed we really are. Yeah. And there have been some circumstances or some experiences that, that, uh, that we've come across, whether it's, I can't remember whether it was in a movie or something where, where you see somebody who's so dedicated to eating healthy, you know, living a healthy life, doing things the holistic way. And as soon as maybe they go to a doctor and the doctor says you might have cancer out of that fear that they have from that word. I mean, it is, it has become a very scary word Mm -hmm. in our society. They then give up everything they've believed or, or I'm using that word again, (laughs) everything they've lived, embodied that, that holistic lifestyle. More importantly, preached. Exactly. Exactly. So we are getting into exemplification here. And so they have a moment here where, where they have like their biggest challenge to exemplify, not only to the people around them, but to themselves. Like, are they going to, you know, do things the way that they have embodied or are they going to, um, do what they've, you know, I guess, I don't know how you would explain that. Well, it's not necessarily that they're actually embodying it. It's just that they're preaching about it or talking about it and judging others. So, see, they feel like they have a way that I know how I'll handle that when that happens to me. But no, when truth smacks you in the face, like Mike Tyson said, you know, you have a plan till you get punched in the mouth. And then that plan is, you know, gone. And that's what life can do. And that's exactly what we're talking about is preparing for that punch in the mouth, not not creating anything negative in your life because nothing that I'm talking about is negative. To take um, a breath before responding is not negative. So, see, you're preparing for something that's challenging or viewed by many as negative, but you're not training in a negative way. If anything, it's just in a neutral way. So you're not, see, just training for responding in emergencies. You're training for how you're going to respond in any situation. Therefore, you're going to practice it more. Therefore, you're going to get better at it faster. Therefore, you're going to be more prepared. And most people that are really good responders in emergencies, they've done it through detachment. At some point in their life, they detach from their emotions. Therefore, they can't necessarily feel or experience anything that's happening. And we need those types of responders as well. But this is what we're discussing is the opposite of detachment, is being the most vulnerable and authentic that you can be, but seeing a strength in that vulnerability because in order to be vulnerable, you have to, and to be able to stay vulnerable, you have to be able to handle the surprises in life. And you learn to handle those surprises by practicing the aspects of this just philosophy and just starting with the freebie of today of just start with that breath before responding. It may keep you out of reacting, just that breath. And I called them beautiful, you know, the extreme situations that we come across and I say extreme but any level can any level above our norm of what we experience on like a normal day or week can reveal where we are in our work 
And they're just reminders of, okay, I'm not here yet. I may have thought I was there because when everything's going smoothly, yeah, it's so easy. It. It's so easy to do the and work. Yeah. This is the big, the point of humility that, you know, many times we get put in a position to where we have judged somebody. And that's, this is a very big deal in this work. And we talk about non-judgment as being one of the three aspects of the spiritual realm of that that level of this five levels of work in that trust, non-judgment and faith being the three main aspects of the spiritual realm in this philosophy, just for reference sake, those are the things that have to the opportunity to be practiced when we're given an extreme situation or so-called negative situation. And that's why the very first pillar in this work is, you know, find the divine order in the chaos to remember that, there is a divine order here, whether I understand it or not. Just like when I was a three or four year old, I didn't understand what my parents were doing by putting me to bed when I didn't want to go to sleep or by taking jelly beans away from me when I wanted more. I didn't understand. This is the state that we're in as so-called spiritual beings is that we can't understand what is known. This is why hindsight is so much clearer for most people than foresight and that's just an aspect of our culture and being human and what should over time give relief and compassion to dealing with harsh situations is in trusting that one day i will see this more clearly right now this is so painful and i suggest be in the pain of it but don't live there See that, no, I will see this different one day, and I will understand what this has to offer me. And many times illnesses and injuries are just that. There's almost always a humility teaching. Where have I been boasting? Where have I been preaching? And how does this experience make me see that differently? And that's a goldmine for people in those situations, or you're busy being a victim and you're not getting any of that information. Well, I think this episode has been cool. It's been different. You asking me a lot of things, so I enjoy that from time to time. Shake it up a little bit. Uh, But just to wrap it up, um, when people out there listening to this episode, and I I assume they're going to reflect on why they also do the work, um, what should they keep in mind as they go through that process? Well, I think just being honest with yourself is one of the most challenging um, places because we can just fool ourselves so easily. And so I think talking to a close friend, talking to someone, to create that to be a conversation rather than just an internal thought. Um, Because I think the more that you will kind of talk about it and almost investigate it, I think things can be uncovered that you may or may not even know is there. And, you know, I know that I've looked at that for a long time. So when that person asked me, well, what do you do the work for? Uh, You know, the, the full answer is to prepare for death. The shorter answer is to be in peace. Because if I'm in peace, if I learn to be at peace with no matter what's coming my way, then the deeper spiritual teaching is that then when the moment of death comes, I'm ready and I'm prepared and I'm not caught off guard. So like I said, that's a whole lot deeper uh, realm to go into, but that peacefulness and that breath 
to find peace in that breath before responding, no matter how somebody talks to you or whatever tone they bring to you. That's also a bit of uh, standing in your power that this is not your energy. You don't have to take on that anger that they just brought to you. No, I'm going to take a breath and then I'm going to respond to you. That's a way for empaths to help to not take on people's energy as well. I would say that's an excellent tip. I have seen, surprisingly, the benefit of having conversations with people and then being surprised at what is uncovered internally for me on a subject that I've internalized for like weeks. Right, that you thought so <laughs> yeah, clearly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. so I've definitely experienced that firsthand. So, yeah. So it's, you know, same. and that's why the saying of, it's the one that thinks that they know is the one that's in most trouble. Uh, so, so humility is such an important um, part of all of this. And um, that brings us back to that uh, authentic self and authenticity maybe is a big part of doing this work. All right, everyone, stay tuned for our three minutes of stillness. Enjoy.
We appreciate your interest in self-growth, conscious communication, and continuing to ask the wise wise. And remember, gradual changes over long periods of time equals lasting results. The Just Philosophy, as discussed in this podcast, has been developed by Alexander over the last 22 years in his private practice, professional environment, and private studies. The information discussed is intended for educational purposes only. It is not meant as a replacement for conventional medicine. Just remember, knowledge plus experience equals wisdom. Seek the wise. As we continue sharing this information, there are also multiple ways to share and support this work. Gain access to our exclusive content, behind-the-scenes footage, and other products that assist you on your self-awareness journey by joining our patron team in exchange for a monetary donation by visiting wise-wise.com slash patron. That is wise-whys.com slash p-a-t-r-e-o-n. Another way of support is by sharing this podcast with receptive individuals or even leaving a review on popular platforms such as iTunes or Facebook helps us introduce this work to others through the listener's words. We are also on most major social networks, so follow us along there or even join our Facebook group community. Continue your journey by visiting Alexander's website where you are able to book private consultations in person, by phone, or even Skype. Know thyself better with human design and destiny card reports and readings as mentioned in this podcast. View a calendar of his live performances and class schedule. Peruse his other products such as shirts, CDs, and the revolutionary VibroTune sound vibrational therapy tables that assist with subtle energy alignments. So grab that keyboard and go to thejustphilosophy.com for those goodies. That's T-H-E-J-U-S-T-P-H-I-L-O-S-O-P-H-Y.com. And if you love the touch of a soft shirt with a message that will warm your heart in resonation, then check out my company, Verity's Apparel, where I am a one-man band doing it all from design to physically printing the garment and sealing it all with a conscious touch. Just go to veritiesapparel.com, V-E-R-I-T-E-E-S-A-P-P-A-R-E-L.com. Thank you all for being a part of this journey with us.